This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Lady Amanda. Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. And I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into chapter 38, Tyrion 5 in A Game of Thrones. And in A World of Ice and Fire, we are discussing the Stormlands. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow, I feel I feel a little uh, unbalanced already. I do, I do too. You know, we're we're making some changes <laughs> here on, on the on the show and everyone's big changes. Big changes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! No, nah, guys, we're um, just messing. We're just messing with you. We just wanted to. We just wanted to switch things around a bit today, just because everyone everyone was freaking out about our new format. So, yeah, yeah. But uh, we're here. We're ready to go. Mm. Um, this is gonna. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff. Actually, this is. I say. I say a lot of stuff. But I mean, after mm. this week, we really are gonna have a lot of stuff in these episodes. Yeah. Fire and Blood comes out tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm getting my copy. I'm gonna be doing the ebook and the Kindle, and uh, then get, I'll get the physical copy later. So, as are you, mm-hmm. which which one, what, what, which versions are you getting? Uh, I've got to I've got to get the uh, physical. You know, I've got. Well, I'm, well, they have an audiobook. Oh, I'm gonna be lost. There's an audio book. Yeah, I believe there's an. Is audiobook. there? Okay. Yeah. yeah that's I don't know um, who's. I don't know. Let me pull it up. I, I don't know who's uh, who's reading it. If we know yet. Uh, oh yeah, good point. Yeah, I wonder who. We'll be uh, reading that, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go get the uh, the physical copy, and um, you know, I didn't pre-order it, you know, which no, is you don't need to. We, well, I'm getting the Kindle version, so I don't need to. Yeah, but I, I uh, we did actually contact uh, the publishers and try to get a copy ahead of time, but uh, you know, <clears throat> they uh, they wouldn't hear us. So I mean, no. they did. They actually replied and were really nice, but. Uh, it's definitely something they were keeping hard um, for under It wraps. is narrated by Simon Vance. I don't know who that is. Simon Vance, huh? Simon Vance, huh? Has done. Uh, mm. He did. He did uh, Dune. Um, he's done. He did Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. All those. Okay. All those things. Uh, he did a tale. He, I, he did a Tale of Two Cities. Looks like he's done quite a bit. Okay. I. Mm, yeah, I just hadn't recognize. I didn't recognize him as a game of thrones person so yeah i did well i mean he's done done a lot of hmm. uh of audiobooks here 698 audiobooks so i feel like wow. we're in, feel right. like we're in good hands here okay that's good maybe he'll get the pronunciations right that's what we want yeah <laughs> yeah i'm looking i'm looking uh you know just i mean a lot a lot of big uh a lot of big big stuff you know so uh yeah yeah so cool Robin, he's done awesome. Robin, Robinson Crusoe and you know all the all those things. So anyway, yeah, I'm looking forward to the uh, audiobook. And uh, as, I guess speaking here of uh, Fire and Blood, um, yeah, we posted something in the Facebook group uh, yesterday, although today as we're recording, uh, and that brings us to trivia. Last week the question yeah. was uh, who is the captain of the Iron Victory? The and that is Victorian Greyjoy, and the winner was Michael Puckett. 
Uh, one, there we go. One trivia. Lord Adam Parker messaged me to inform me that um, he didn't he didn't feel like he sh- uh, it would have been safe for him to pull over in traffic, and uh, <laughs> and, and, and uh, do trivia. So he said, you know, he he messaged me later. But uh, which brings us to uh, trivia for this week. Yeah. Uh, who was Aegon the Conqueror's hand of the king? So this week we're going to be doing it a little bit different. Uh, we've made a post in the Facebook group. All you have to do is go into the Facebook group and leave a comment. And I'm sure the answer will most likely already be there because uh, somebody's going to get it right. But it's not this week is not about who answers first. It is simply all you have to do is go in and uh, leave a comment with your answer, and we will take all those names. Put them in a hat, um, draw out of there, and then we are going to send somebody who enters a copy of Fire and Blood in your preferred, yeah. yeah, I guess your preferred format. So I guess we could give you an audible credit if you want. I have to look, I figure, <laughs> figure out how to do that. But more than likely, we're sending you a physical copy, but can explore other options, I suppose. <laughs> so, yeah. So yep. yeah, so all right, man. Well, uh, yeah, we got a we got a little bit of news to get through here, Sir Ezra. Today, um, I'm gonna, you, yeah, you, we do. You said you you said you had something first, so I'll, I'll let you I'll let you start. Well, I, I basically just wanted. to, I mean, are, are we going to go over what we're what we're thankful for? Are we going to talk uh, about that? Yeah, we we can talk about that. Yeah, go right ahead. I mean, because we are leading into this is you know you'll have this episode. Uh, for our American uh, listeners, you know it's going to be Thanksgiving, so right, and you know, that's thought, uh, and for for our non-American listeners, that is um, the holiday we celebrate of when the first men came over and took all the land from the children of the forest. That's, yeah, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> that's, the, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a terrible for, holiday. Yeah, that's oh. that's uh, that's what that is about. So we're so thankful for it, though. You know, <laughs> yeah. oh gosh. No, and I thought uh, we'd list a couple things that we are uh, uh, thankful for. Number one, I'm thankful for uh, Aegon the Conqueror. You uh-huh. know, like I'm th- like without without him, I mean, we wouldn't be ha- we wouldn't even have Fire and Blood tomorrow. That's true. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm thankful for Dan and Dave for turning uh, the HBO series, making the HBO series happen. It's really great. Yeah. Um, okay. I like yeah. It. Let's keep let's keep going here. What, back to you, Sir Ezra. Uh, let's see. Um, well, I'm thankful for all of the uh, uh, tavern winches, you know, mm-hmm. in in all of Westeros. They've uh, they serve the kingdom well, mm-hmm. you know. I think uh, very thankful for them and and their service, you know. So they made the realm a better place. Yeah. So. Um, I guess I'm I'm thankful for Lord Varys because uh, somebody's got to keep the realm <laughs> realm going. Okay, someone has to serve the realm, not just you know themselves, but serve serve the realm. Wow. <laughs> well, if we're if we're on the topic of of service, uh, I'd like to thank then the Silent Sisters mm-hmm. for being silent. Yeah. Um, wow. Remaining silent. <laughs> wow. <laughs> totally. I I mean they are. I mean you know it's like. Hey. Oh man, why did we start this and why did we go unscripted? Yeah, no, oh. what we're what we're ultimately thankful for is of course the mass number of ravens we get and our listeners. Obviously, hey, yeah. No you, kidding. This yep. show would not exist without you. Um, so we are most thankful for you. Um, and oh, uh, this brings me to actually one of our uh, listeners. I just want to, uh, you know, this weekend, yeah. this weekend, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up, and watching some football and stuff. And uh, 
you know, I, I, you know, now that I live out here in the Pacific Northwest, you know, everyone's talking about getting ready. Oh, who's going to be in the Rose Bowl, right? College football, right? Yeah. Looks like it's probably going to be Washington State. And uh, one of our uh, listeners, Sir Gibbs, you know, he's a uh, he's a big Washington State guy. Yeah, and he is. I'm thinking that the way it's going to all shake out is they may end up playing Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. So, just wow. uh, putting you on notice there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, it's it could be a a, a great divide in the kingdom. Could you know? be, yeah. So, um, any anyway, all right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, oh, some news, some other some other news. Man, a lot of news this week. Yeah, um, not just fire and blood, but uh, it was announced that the show will be coming back in April. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, so at least now we know. Date. It's exciting. Now the, let the rewatch begin. So Sir Ezra and I are going to figure that out um, shortly. Uh, we also have the uh, we have our Duncan second part of our Duncan Egg series on Patreon coming soon. I've already started working on the uh, doc and getting getting that ready to go. Yep. Uh, and uh, Raven's Nest is also coming very soon. Stay stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, we want to post a date for that so <clears throat> we can kind of get everybody set up on the weekends and, mm-hmm. and you know possibly join in on Discord. Um, man, we, maybe later this week, you know, we have some time for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might hop into the live recording and see if we can kind of do a simulate little, that. do a little do a little test run on Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. what do you think? Because I think we're going to do an initial, um, real initial, you know, uh, coverage of, of Fire and Blood. Right. Once we once we skim it. So. Right. Yeah. We'll uh, probably. I'll. Since you know we both have work off Thursday. Probably. I'm thinking Thursday. Just kind yeah. of a quick. I don't know how long that'll be, but just kind of a quick. Like, wow. Here are my thoughts on Fire and Blood so far. So. Yeah. Just initial thoughts after a day's read. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll probably so, get it finished. But no. <laughs> yeah. Probably. I. Well. I'll, I'll be into it. I don't. It's probably gonna be like forty you'll, you'll hours. Be- yeah, I don't. I don't know how long it's going to be. That's what I was wondering. You know, right? If it's the size of a, a World of Ice and Fire, I think it's, yeah, it's going to be. I think it's the size of Game of Thrones. Okay, so it's going to yeah, anywhere from a thirty-five hour to 48, 40 hour. Right. Uh, I'll have it listen. done. I'll have yeah. it done. I'll have the whole. I'll have it done by next week. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, all right. So we have that and um, some Gur Watch here. Yeah, I was. I was hoping you were going to bring this up. Uh yeah, I've seen a, a few things on the internet that Gur is like going up to some cabin in the woods, and he's like, "I'm just locking himself away so he can finish, uh, start finishing Winds of Winter." So yeah, I think it's uh, I think he's calling it Crasher's Keep. Mm-hmm. He's up there, just uh, you know, yeah, really getting in, <laughs> getting in the headspace, you know, mm-hmm. to finish it up. Yeah, and uh, on his on his uh, not a blog. Um, actually, it's really interesting here. Um. Obviously, this week um, we lost a very important person in the kind of, you know, sci-fi fan, just in any written thing at all, and that's Stan Lee. And so Gurr wrote a huge uh, article here on his Not A Blog called Farewell to a Marvel. Wow. Yeah, and it's really really cool. And he had... um, uh, he had, I guess, he had written him when he was like younger, and and they have like uh, communicated and stuff like that. And he talks about, um, you know, he uh, was a b- big Fantastic Four fan. Uh, as, as I think was his seemed like one of his kind of fan um, inspirations okay. in, in comics and stuff like that. 
Yeah. And so, yeah, so it's just, it's really, it's a really kind of cool, cool read and girl just uh, talking about, talking about, you know, a great guy. So, yeah, dear, yeah he said, uh, dear, dear Stan, you did, you did uh, great work. As long as the people still read comic books and believe in heroes, your characters will be remembered. Thank you so much. So. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. So. so. Yeah, so, uh, okay, all right, Sir Ezra, I believe we are going to... Yeah. Is there anything else before we move on over to the Stormlands? Uh, no, I think the bit that I had saved here, I'll save right for the for the reread. Um, put it right in there, so we'll, we'll talk. I got a little something, little something special I found. Uh, just wanted to talk about one of the characters we're gonna that's coming up. So let's jump Let's jump into the Maester's Study. I think uh, this week we're talking about the Stormlands. Yeah, so. all right. The Stormlands. The storms that blow up the Narrow Sea are infamous throughout the Seven Kingdoms, and in the Nine Free Cities as well. Though uh, they may arise in any season, seafarers say that the worst of them come each autumn, following the warm waters of the Summer Sea, south of the Step Zones, then roaring north across those bleak and stony islands. More than half continue north by northwest, according to the archives at the Citadel, sweeping over Cape Wrath and the Rainwood, gathering strength as they cross the uh, waters of Shipbreaker's Bay before slamming into Storm's End on Durin's Point. It is from these great gales that the Stormlands take their name. Mm. Yeah. Um, can I just say real quick that, that I, this is so stupid, but um, the, the Rainwood... Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and Cape Wrath never had thought, you know, about the, like like just the naming, you know, the nature of the name mm-hmm. uh, in those, which is that's, that's kind of neat. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and so when we look over the Stormlands here, um, you know, you've got like some 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 mem- some things here. Summerhall is in the Stormlands, yes. obviously Storms and um, the Great Island of Tarth. Uh, it says here, yes. with its waterfalls and lakes and soaring mountains, is considered part of the Stormlands as well, as are the Eastermont and myriad lesser isles found off Cape Wrath and Weeping Town. Um, mm-hmm. Ashford is in is technically in the Stormlands. So, oh, is it really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty. It's su- it actually is very small, isn't it? It's not. Yeah, um, it's really not that big, actually. Yeah, not it a very probably large, actually. Uh, with the exception of the Iron Islands, is probably the smallest yep. uh, region That's what in, I was thinking. in Westeros. Yeah. And, uh, you know, also if you get a chance to look on, on the map there, uh, friends, it's King's Landing is literally uh, right there to the north of it mm-hmm. um, with, with Blackwater Bay. Uh, so very close to King's Landing. And uh, another interesting keep that we want to bring up is Griffin's Roost, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, that's as, as we've talked in a lot of our uh, previous follow-up Fridays and different uh, shows, um, you know, that's, that's, a, that's an important point in A Dance of Dragons. You know, that's something that uh, we're talking about. Young Aegon, Young Griff, right. you know, John, John Connington showing up there at, uh, at the Roost. And so that's an important, uh, important keep. Good friend of old uh, Rhaegar Targaryen. So. Right. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, um, so a little bit about the ancient seat, which was actually not the Baratheons. We'll get to them. And if you remember our um, talk about Aegon's conquest, you know, the, 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 uh, it was house, uh, Durand, uh, Durandon, is it Durandon or Durand? I say Durandon. Durandon. That's uh, Yeah. That's how. Durandon. Yeah. So 
Much of the early history of Westeros is lost in the mists of time, where it becomes ever more difficult to separate fact from legend the further back one goes. This is particularly true of the Stormlands, where the first men were comparatively few and the elder races strong. Elsewhere in the Seven Kingdoms, the runes that tell their stories survive to this day, chiseled into cave walls and standing stones and the ruins of fallen strongholds. But the Stormlands, oft as not the first men, carved the tales of their victories and defeats into the trunks of trees long since rotted away. Moreover, a tradition developed amongst the Storm Kings of old for naming the king's firstborn son and heir after Durin God's grief, founder of their line, further compounding the difficulties of the historian. Um, the bewildering number of King Durandans have in has inevitably caused much confusion. The maesters of the Citadel of Old Town have given their numbers to many of these monarchs in order to distinguish one from another, but that was not the practice of the singers who are our chief source for these times. The mm -hmm. legends surrounding the founder of the house, Durandon, Durandon God's Grief, all come to us through the singers. The songs tell us that uh, Durin won the heart of Elenai, daughter of the sea god and the goddess of the wind. By yielding to a mortal's love, uh, Elenai doomed herself to a mortal's death, and for this the gods who had given her uh, birth hated the man she had taken uh, for her lord husband. In their wrath, they set howling winds and lashing rains to knock down every castle Durin dared to build, until a young boy helped him erect one so strong and uh, cunningly made that it could defy their gales. The boy grew to be Brandon the Builder. Durin became the first Storm King, with Elenai at his side. He lived and reigned at Storm's End for a thousand years, or so the stories claim. Yep, they're all living for a thousand years, aren't they, around that time? So there may be somebody else we see in this Age of Heroes. Brand the Builder. Um, mm -hmm. Last week we talked about Garth Greenhand. Mm -hmm. Now we have, um, you know, uh, Durin God's Grief. So, yeah, we'll see. Well, yeah, for sure. That, that is this, as you say, that's another that's another player. Possibly the building of this um, of this keep, you know, would be. Uh, it, you know, interesting to see. I've always wanted to kind of get like a better. I was looking through World of Ice and Fire for like a good picture of it, mm -hmm. because you know, I wonder what what is it in the build that's any different from the first several builds that would make it withstand the storms. You know, right? Um, are, are there are there you know uh, j just like um, is is there something that that when it when it floods or, or or when the when the sea rises or you know what is it that keeps it from? Is it magic? You know what what yeah. keeps storms end? You know, up, well, we know we we know that Melisandre can't um, send magic into Storm's End, right? She has to kind of like go in. Um, she can't just send it oh, through, yeah. through the walls because we know that there's magic used in it. Um, and also, it's interesting that Bran the Builder helps build this, and what makes Storm's End so powerful and difficult to siege, like almost impossible to siege. We know Aegon the Conqueror even would have had a hard time um, sieging it, you know, in their wars there because they, it's. You have this keep, and then you have this enormous wall, like huge, thick wall that goes around it almost in like a circle, right? So it's really more of like a – well, it's less than a crescent, so it's almost more – it's almost like a U-shaped thing, right? Yeah. And so you can't you, know, you can't shoot arrows into it. You see, they said like siege weapons wouldn't work against it. Um, so you just have one entry point into this kind of – you know, to, to, get at, well, to get at that gate, so – 
Yeah, I mean, here's a quick little. So Storm's Inn is surrounded by a massive outer curtain wall, uh, 100 feet high and 40 feet thick mm-hmm. on its thinnest side. Wow. Um, and nearly 80 feet thick on its seaward side. So there you go. I mean, it's uh, when, when you talk about the make of, of that keep, it's that's impressive. That's right. a lot of stone, you know. Absolutely, um, yeah. So, hmm. um, yeah, interesting there. I'm going to move over here to, um, <clears throat> you know, and we've talked a little bit about this before. Um, you know, it was uh, House House Baratheon began because, you know, the um, Aegon's hand of the king, uh, who, will, yeah. who, who will leave nameless, since, yeah. that's, <laughs> since that's the trivia question. Um, uh-huh. You know, Salu. Um, Argilac. Argilac. Yeah, the, yeah, the Ar- arrogant. Mm-hmm. Argilac the arrogant in um in single combat. And so then, you know, he took his daughter as as wife and that uh began uh House House Baratheon. So, yeah. Mhm. Yeah, um so, so I have uh here we have um something right here. Um House Baratheon was born amidst the rain and mud of the battle known to history as the Last Storm when blank uh, thrice turned back uh, the charge of the Knights of Storm's End and slew their king, Argilac the Arrogant, in single combat. Uh, Storm's End, long thought to be impregnable, yielded to our trivia question answer uh, without a battle. Afterward, uh, he took King Argilac's daughter to wife and adopted the Duradin Arms, which is something cool, right? Is that mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think I don't think that there was a Baratheon Arms before that, and they just they took this one kind of as like an homage. Um, yeah, uh, and words as his own to honor mm-hmm. Argilac's valor. So, the arms of Houth Brathian obviously is a you know a, a stag on a kind of golden field. Um, and so some of the houses in the Stormlands you have Buckler, Karen, Connington, uh, D- uh, Durandin, uh, or Dondarian, excuse me, Eastermont, Penrose, Seaworth, Selmy. Uh, Stedmon, Swan, and Tarth. So those are definitely a lot of players. When you think about that proximity to King's Landing, a lot of these names, you know, we've heard. Um, Karen or Karon is yeah. what we hear a lot. Connington, yep. obviously John Connington. Um, yep. Don, Dondarian, Beric Dondarian. Yeah. Eastermont, Penrose, C- Davos, Seaworth. Um, you know, and that's one, that's one that gets created. Right after he, um, Davos helps Stannis, right the Onion Knight. Absolutely, yeah. Um, how mm-hmm. Selmy, um, Stead, Swan, and Tarth, and Bran, you know, like the Tarths. So Selmy's from there, huh? I didn't, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, nice, huh? Well, that's interesting. All right, <clears throat> uh, what do we got next here? So, we got um, houses, right? Yes. Yeah, so, so the houses, um. You know, I mean, um, we could go into the we'd have to go into the Baratheon house history, but uh, I think we could just kind of keep it kind of short and sweet this week and talk a little bit more about the history of Storm's End because I think that's okay. that's yeah. kind of because a lot of the Baratheon house history we know. Um, somebody we uh, we've talked about in our last Dunkin' Egg series on Patreon, um, you know, which is which is kind of cool. You have. Um, the laughing storm Lionel Baratheon. Right. Um, yes. so that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, a, and we talked about this in world of ice and fire. He's, a, that's a little bit before, you know, um, 
Stefan Baratheon, who is Robert's dad. Um, so, you know, Lionel Baratheon fights with Sir Duncan the Tall um, and then has to fight Sir Duncan the Tall later, right? When Aegon, yeah. um, Aegon the Fifth, uh, Egg, um, his, you know, son decides to marry for love instead of marrying his, you know, that daughter. And so. Yeah, his betrothed, yeah. Mm-hmm. His betrothed, yeah. And so it's just kind of cool. So uh, the laughing store, Lionel Baratheon, um, who I guess I think is would be Robert's grandfather. Uh, super cool. Um, he's he's a lot of fun to read about in the Duncan Egg series. But, uh, yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about Storm's End here because I think it's mm-hmm. pretty cool here. Um, um, Storm's End is surely an old castle. But when compared to the ruined ring forts of the first men or even the first keep of Winterfell, the great tower and perfectly joined stones of Storm's End uh, curtain wall seem much beyond what the first men were capable of for many thousands of years. Uh, The great effort involved in raising the wall was one thing, but uh, that was more a brute effort than the high art needed to make a wall where even the wind cannot find purchase. Archmaester Varen, in his Triumphs and Defeats, speculates that the tales claim that the final form of Storm's End was the seventh castle shows a clear Andal influence. Mm-hmm. Um, if and if true, this suggests that the possibility that the final form of the castle was only achieved in Andal times. Mayhaps the castle was rebuilt on the site of earlier castles, but if so, uh, it was long after during God's grief and his fair uh, Elenai had passed away from this earth. Yeah. Wow. I think the Maesters are wrong. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Go ahead and say yeah, them. Brand the Builder built the freaking wall. Okay, I'm pretty sure this right. castle. This castle is no. You know, this is like this is like, and he was a child, so no pun intended, but child's play, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah. I mean, don't take away from from his accomplishments here. I mean, it's it's still know, super. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they and really they've all of this is kind of muddled when they talk about you know whether you know when did he you know build this keep you know in in relationship to when did the Andals you know arrive versus right. when the first men arrived. It's all. You know, kind of up in the air. We don't exactly know, uh, but I would say Brand the Builder had, you know, a hand in it, uh, mm-hmm. or one of the. Maybe there's a, you know, maybe there's this clan of builders, you know, right? That's associated with with Brand, you know. So, I mean, and you know, right here, this is pretty cool too. Uh, it says Storm's End has never fallen to storm or siege. The histories tell us. Um, uh, well, it can be believed. During Robert's Rebellion, Lord Tyrell of Highgarden laid siege to Storm's End for a year without result. If the garrison's supplies had been sufficient to the task, the castle might have held out indefinitely. But the war had come quickly, uh, and the storehouses and granaries were only half full. By year's end, the garrison under Lord Robert's brother Stannis was sorely tested by hunger and want, only to be saved by a common smuggler who slipped through the red wine blockade one night carrying a load of onions and salt fish to Storm's End. Thus, the castle was able to stand unbroken until Robert defeated Rhaegar on the Trident and Lord Eddard Stark arrived to end the siege. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's pretty awesome. The onion night, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just saving the day. Yeah. So, yeah, super cool. Um, The Stormlands actually has is also probably, I think it's like, it seems like the shortest chapter of the uh, of these. So, um, yeah, not really a whole um, lot. Not really a whole lot here that we also just haven't covered a handful of times. So, 
Next week we have uh, Dorn. Right. Which yep. Is gonna Next be, week we have Dorn. Is going to be quite cool. So. Um, real quick, I just want to kind of th- throw this out, a uh, little challenge to the group. Um, it's often, I think I've said in, in previous episodes, like who is in charge at Storm's End, you know, um, at the, at the end of this series and, and where, where we're at, like who's left in its defense. Um, you know, in, in a feast of crows, I know I couldn't remember when this was exactly, but I just looked this bit up where, where Mace Tyrell and, uh, and his host go to besiege Storm's End. So mm-hmm. we're actually back in that same situation you just talked about with the Onion Knight, and it is uh, besieged. Now, it does list off defenders, and um, you know, so I so I think we've got some people who are there defending it, but I don't know if they're are they defending that in Stannis's name. You know, is that just they're trying to stake their own claim? Um, you know, House Florent kind of kind of betrayed uh, Stannis a little bit in that they, you know. Um, we're we're saying that he was gonna you know uh, bend the knee to uh, to Joffrey back you know in uh, there there for a bit, but I don't know. I just kind of thought, isn't that interesting? We don't really know you know uh, what's going on there. And um, when Mace leaves, you've now got uh, uh, the Golden Company mm-hmm. who are making a play at the end of a Dance of Dragons, uh, you know, to to head to Storm's End. So just want to give everybody a kind of a quick little rundown of, of where where that what, what's going on at storms in because we really lose track of it i mean we really uh not a lot is um is is known uh as as to what's going on there you know so right. i think oh, absolutely, they do, yeah. they do, it does say that uh its defenders include um gilbert elwood and stannis's uncle sir uh, uh sir lomas estermont mm-hmm. you know so from that from that uh, island we mentioned a couple islands right off of the the coast there tarth being one of them uh sounds like they're there kind of defending you know this uh this keep so mm-hmm. yeah. and what's crazy what's ironic too is that the Tyrells were you know um had 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 allied themselves with with uh, Renly Baratheon I know so just wild anyways i just thought uh something to discuss something to talk about so okay that's all i got there okay all right well uh let's go ahead and head on over to the reread um, Sirs, you have a yeah. you have a little a little note here. Do you want to read this first, or do yeah, you... okay. Oh yeah, I'll go ahead and start with this. I mean, this is uh so basically, you know, oftentimes I've talked about how characters develop and kind of how you know Gur, uh, in his writing, it was one of the things that worried me back when I uh several years ago, and I would talk to people about how this series is going to come to an end, and I mm-hmm. used to say there's too many threads. I just like there's just too much. It's just it's ever evolving. It's massive. Uh, littered with details, and uh, you can kind of see that here. Uh, I, I don't know where Gur was. He was it was asked about Braun and um, and his development, and, and at what point did Gur know? Because we're we're talking about uh, Braun will be you know part of today's discussion. But uh, he says, you know, I did know in 1991 how Braun. I did not know how, how Braun was going to happen. You know or what was going to happen to him. Um, oh, I'm sorry, that was the question. Did you know what was going to happen to him? And he says, no, I didn't. Uh, even though there'd be a guy named Braun. Uh, I was inventing him along the way when I was writing, um, and he just kind of says here, you know, okay, Tyrion gets kidnapped, let's see, there's a couple swords there, uh, their names are Fred and Braun, uh, it was actually Braun and Chigan, and then one of them dies, I flipped a coin, okay, who dies? Chigan dies because his name is stupid, uh, Braun's a better <laughs> name, so I keep Braun, um, and then Braun became, you know, quite an interesting character, and plenty uh, of these characters take on minds of their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 
uh, they push to the front and you think of a cool line and you give it to Braun because he's trying to talk and now Braun is somebody who says something cool. Uh, that's how characters grow on you. So a lot of minor characters, um, you know, I'm still discovering along the way. And I just wanted to mention that because, you know, he does start with the name often, oftentimes. And uh, for some of the major characters, the minor characters, maybe sometimes. Uh, and and I, I read somewhere on a Reddit where someone was talking about the name Braun and being like brawny, you know, and strong. Right. Mm -hmm. And that being something that Tyrion is lacking. You know, so yeah. Braun is his, you know, he makes mm -hmm. up for what Tyrion doesn't have, you know. So just kind of a cool thing. I, I, I'd always talked about, I've always, I've always listened to him and, and read about how Gur, uh, how these characters take shape in his mind, and I just think it's fascinating. So I wanted to kind of kind of share it as we as we dive in to this chapter. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Well, last week we were in Bran 5. Uh, Bran was riding outside Winterfell. Um, he had learned of Jamie Lannister's attack on his dad. Rob had uh, ran off to kind of find the direwolves, and Bran was attacked by six outlaws. Um, Rob returned with the dire wolves to defeat all of them, but one, uh, and then Theon had killed, kills that guy with an arrow. And then Osha, uh, ends up surviving and is taken captive mm -hmm. this week. We're in Tyrion five, but the last time we were with Tyrion, uh, Tyrion had find himself being taken, uh, to the Eyrie instead of Winterfell, which will fool many of, uh, anyone who attempts to rescue him. His attempt to convince Lady Catelyn of his innocence was interrupted when the Vale Mountain clans attack. During the fight, Tyrion saves Catelyn, and afterwards he explains that Littlefinger's accusations has a hole. Tyrion would never bet against his family. This week, we are in Tyrion 5. Tyrion is held captive in one of the Eerie's sky cells. Eventually, he bribes the Jailer to take a message uh, that he is ready to confess. When brought to the High Hall... Tyrion manages to convince Lady Liza Aaron to give him a trial by combat, and the sellsword Bronn declares he will be Tyrion's champion. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is this is a fun chapter, and this one this one really uh, is also very much like what we see in the HBO show. Right? So. Yeah, I, I yeah I just uh, I, I just I just rewatched rewatched that scene, and it's great both ways. Uh, it's it's it goes down pretty much the same. Um, Tyrion's conversation with Mods a little different. Um, yeah. but yep. other than that, it's pretty much, uh, the same, same scene. So, yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. So you've got this broken down into halves here, I think. Uh, yeah. So we're going to, we're going to split it up into, into two parts here. We have the sky cell and a trial by combat. So, uh, let's go ahead and start with, uh, the way this chapter opens. Uh, you want eat Mord at Ma Is it Mod or Mord? It's, it's kind I of say Mord. Mord. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. in the. In the show, he's, it seems always they say mod, like M-A-U-D. Right, yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, but he has a, a plate of boiled beans in one uh, thick, uh, stub-fingered hand. Tyrion was starved, but he refused to let this brute see him cringe. A leg of lamb would be present, he said, uh, said from the heap of soiled straw in the corner of his cell. Perhaps a dish of peas and onions, some fresh-baked bread with butter, and a flagon of mulled wine to wash it down, or beer, if that's easier. I try not to be over particular. It's beans, Mord said here, and he held out the plate. It's just funny, um, yeah. you know. And then, um, and then he and and and, and Mord there kind of uh, go back and forth, and you know, Mord kind of kicks him right. a couple times, and uh, Tyrion realizes he's going to have to kind of uh, you know persuade this guy some other way. Yeah, he's holding he's holding the beans above his head, you know, trying right. to make him jump because he thinks it's funny. He's kind of a kind of a simpleton, you know. He's, he's, oh, absolutely, he's, um, yeah. You know, definitely that that axe he took to the side of the head uh, that took his ear and half his cheek, really, you know, 
messed him up. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe he was messed up beforehand, but I'm gonna <laughs> right. You know, he's he's definitely not uh, uh, clicking. Um, one another thing that's interesting is we talked. Uh, we did this probably months ago. We were talking about food, and we were talking right. about the references to food, and Gur's obsession with food. I mean, even right here, just just like I think it's what really brings the world to life. You know, uh-huh. uh, Tyrion's thinking about all the different flavors and foods he wants and he just goes kind of nuts with like his request which is awesome you know because he's just such a sarcastic little you know (laughs) he's a piece of work for sure um so that's kind of neat you know and then the beans get you know scattered on the floor but um yeah i don't know just just a neat little exchange uh and uh, so he's in this. He's in this sky cell, man. And you have right. a great. You have a great pick. A uh, great picture here. Uh, did you get this from a World of Ice and Fire? This picture. Uh, no, this is from the wiki. So I think somebody just drew the this. Wiki? Yeah, that's awesome. It's just a picture of uh, the slanted uh, kind of floor. You know, looking out into uh, the blue. You mm-hmm. know, into the veil. Yeah. Yeah. It's just something. Yeah. But, so it's super cool. Yeah. And and the show does a great job of showing it too. Um, you know, just that kind of. You know, I mean, how many people? Die? I mean, when in the show, right? Tyrion is waking up, and he's almost like you know rolled off of the sky cell out into you know yeah just died right so right. And they say <laughs> that they say that eventually it'll break them right. Like they'll people probably just jump right or try to climb yeah. down or, or you know that's what they they think is the other option. The answer. Yeah. So they yeah. don't they don't they, you know they don't really that's why they say they have no. Um, Liza Aaron uh, says, you know, later, we don't have an executioner here. We have the moon door, right? And we'll, right. we'll, we'll get to mm-hmm. that. But, yeah, they just throw people off mountains. Right, yeah. So how many yeah, skeletons so... are down at the bottom of this mountain? Or, the, you know, down just below? Yeah, I don't know. And does somebody get hit down in the veil? Like, I mean, you know, is there a village down below? <laughs> like just gets, like, I mean... <laughs> pelted with, like, dead people I'm flying just concerned, you know? Like, yeah, are we going to? I mean, because the way they make it look, it's like it's a straight down, like the moon door mm-hmm. is, it's not like you're landing on the side of the mountain there. It's like it's going but, down into but, this right. valley, which I but think they, is funny. But don't, yeah, but like they have, wen- they have like, you know, wenches that lift stuff up. So are you just falling down on like the wenches that are coming up or how does that work? Yeah, I don't know. It, they're probably on different sides of the keep, but it's also right. like, yeah, where where is this all? Where is it all going? Yeah. It, and I wonder too, like they do have the option of if you're a good climber, I wonder if you could find a foothold. You yeah. know, on the outside here, just like they climb up the wall, the mm-hmm. the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure you know somebody has. I'm sure somebody has. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I did, maybe there's the uh, you know a good a good cell because he could have crawled over to somebody else's cell too. Yeah, you know, and maybe conspired with somebody else if if that's possible. But yeah, um, in in the show, it looks like it, it would actually be kind of possible. You get you get yeah, that, make it, that side yeah. angle. Like I mean, you know, you'd have to be a good climber. I'm sure. You know, like, right. I mean, it's not like smooth rock. I mean, it's, you know, it's clearly been weathered over the centuries and stuff. So I'm sure there's definitely yeah. probably some, some, some finger holes and stuff like that The for if you're that kind of a climber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, he, he kind of, uh, he, he notices too, uh, as you had said that the, oh, kind of the idea that someone had written, uh, God save me or God's save me mm-hmm. had been written on the wall there behind mm-hmm. him. It looked like it was in blood possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says the blue is calling. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So definitely, uh, yeah, it says here it was probably 600 feet below. There was nothing but uh, between, but air, uh, empty air. 
Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's probably is. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, yeah. So he's in here for a bit, and and Mord kind of you know goes back and forth, uh, with him. You know, leaves, and that's where Tyrion starts to think he's got to be. You know, what does he have in his arsenal? Mm-hmm. Actually, he starts to think back about you know the words that he had said. What got him into this cell? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So we get a little bit of a recap as to, you know, um, like his conversation with Lysa, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and he's, he, he sort of says it's his mouth that got him in here. His mouth can get him out, mm-hmm. you know, because he, he was just, uh, you know, running his mouth, you know. And so, mm-hmm. which is which is why we love him, but it's also, right. you know, gets yeah, him so, in trouble. Right, and so Tyrion kind of goes... You know, he he's starting to he remembers. Right. So we the, some of this the rest of the scene, we get Tyrion remembering stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he says the wretched boy had started it. Uh, you know, he's thinking of um, uh, the wretched, uh, the wretched boy had started it, looking yeah, down at him from from a throne of card weirwood, which is cool. You know, man, that's something else that's cool about this castle is that they they don't have like a, a throne. They have there's like a weirwood tree. Mm-hmm. Right. That they carved yeah. um, into into like a chair. Um, beneath the moon and falcon banners of House Aaron, Tyrion Lannister had uh, had been looked at had been looked down on all his life, but seldom from a uh, roomy-eyed six-year-old who needs to stuff uh, fat cushions under their cheeks to lift them to the height of a man. Is he the bad man? The boy asked, clutching his doll. He is. Uh, the lady, the lady Liza had said from a lesser throne beside him. She was all in blue, powdered and perfumed for all the suitors who filled her court. Ooh. Yeah. Yep, and this is where she accuses him, you know, and mm-hmm. she says, "I love his line." Um, she says, "You know, he slew the hand of the king," and Tyrion says, "Oh, did I kill him too?" You oh know? yeah, and, and uh, that line, that line later, and says, "But Tyrion's, um, uh, you know, Tyrion, Tyrion's mood uh, had been too foul for sense to his shame. He had been uh, fa- uh, faltered during the last leg of their day long climb up to the Eyrie. His stunted legs unable to make him any higher. Bronn had carried him the rest of the way." Um, but then it just goes on to say here, uh, it would seem I've been a busy little fellow, he said with sarcasm. I wonder when I found all the time to do this slaying and murdering, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, I just, really. Yeah. It's just mocking. Yeah, totally mocking him. Like, oh, absolutely. Is, yeah. You know, uh, which which gets, uh, definitely gets to him. I think it gets to, to Catelyn more, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, she's because she's got some reasoning skills and, you know, is looking at this more. The more and more she thinks about it, it's sort of like, yeah, this this might not have been the Lannister, to, the easiest one to take, and was it was uh, opportunistic, right? But uh, the more he talks to her, it's sort of like, yeah, I don't know that he really did have anything to do with with all of this. So yeah, and so this least, is least, right, and so this is in, this is interesting too. Is um, you know, Ly- he says you can't uh, hurt us. No one can hurt us here. Tell him, mother. Um, and she says the eerie is impregnable, and um. Tyrion says, "Not impregnable," he said, "merely inconvenient," which I find right. I find interesting. Yeah, so right. Although, uh, although he does, he 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 kind of thinks to um, his climb though, and he's like, "Boy, yeah, no, yeah, it's in, it's in." He's just kind of sticking it to her a little bit because he thinks though, with men in armor trying to come up the way that he came up, like right, it would and not getting happen, fought. Right. Yeah, it would be really hard. Well, really hard. we know that you can get up there really easy with a dragon. So that's right. That's yeah. exactly right. Or perhaps an ice dragon. So you know, we'll <laughs> we'll see. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, 
Yeah, so Robert wants him to fly. He right, says, yeah. I want him to fly, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's where Catelyn kind of has to remind them, this is my prisoner, you know. Uh, yeah. So I will not have him harmed. And she knows how to play. She knows how to play this game here. You know, she's uh, she's she's keeping him to possibly stand trial. Um, I wonder, this is my, my big wonder was, what was her conversation, you know, while he's in the sky cell with her sister? Is she just going right. to, does she want to take him, does she need men to take him back to Winterfell? What is it she's wanting to accomplish here? Does she want to kill him? You know, I mean. Oh, I think she, I think she wants him to confess is Catelyn's, yeah. ulti- is Catelyn's ultimate goal. But, you know, well, we get a little bit of that, right? When Catelyn, when Catelyn is talking to Liza and Liza's freaking out, she's like, why did you bring him here? Like, I don't want any part of this. So we get a little bit mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just wonder, you know, like, like ultimately you got to do something with him. You either he has to stand trial or you're just going to take him prisoner until, until what? You've just started a war, you know? So, and now, now she's realizing she's with her crazy sister who just basically, uh, young Robert has said, you know, she, he wanted to see him fly and she was about to let it happen. I mean, two guardsmen grab him and take him over and it, except for, for Catelyn to intervene, he would have been, he probably would have been tossed out, you know, mm-hmm. the moon door. So these people are not in a, a good headspace right now. So I don't know, definitely probably regretting, uh, coming this, coming this way. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but then, so then we go back to um, to the sky cell, right? And Tyrion has another conversation with Mord, which is pretty sweet. Where uh, you know he's, uh, how would you like to be rich, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And who wouldn't want to be? Yeah, exactly. And so, and and Mord is really, you know, um, he seems like he's someone who has been tricked and teased before. They they make that you know kind of uh, Tyrion even figures that out. And I think it's a. Uh, a real subtle thing, but like, you know, Tyrion could probably connect with Mord in that way, you know, and mm-hmm. probably understands that he has to go be delicate here and, and, you know, assure him that this is no trick, but he could tell that he had been toyed with and messed with, you know, probably by other guardsmen or different people there in the Vale. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's really, really finessing uh, his, his pitch here uh, in regards to gold and explaining Lannisters and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that they he, took right. his purse. Right. And he yeah. he tells him that his brother Jamie has a, a suit of gold, right? That's uh you know, that's even though he doesn't right. he doesn't really, but you know, he's like he's too stupid to realize the difference. Yeah, exactly. So he's gotta convince him, but at the same time, um show earnesty in that, you know, he's gonna follow through on his promise and this is not just some trick because he really does need him to deliver a message, yeah. you know, to, to Lysa so that he can Right. confess you're right I, I like i love the part too where he says uh he's offering gold and he's like uh you know and then he says you could even be a lord lord mord right like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just so yeah, funny can... and in the show uh peter dinklage does a great job i mean it's a great great scene you know of, of, of Tyrion as this so right yeah and, and, and he's pushing his luck a little bit here, mm-hmm. um, but he realizes that, you know, Mord is not going to push him. At one point, Mord gets out the leather strap and starts hitting him, right. and he does fall uh, and is dangling almost at the edge there. Right. Well, they also says earlier the in the chapter, um, you know, these these uh, cells, they're not flat rooms. Like, they're slanted just a little bit, yeah. right? So I guess my question is, like, what would happen if, like, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's funny. Tyrion says this later. He's like, is this how justice is done in the Vale? Like, yeah, do you actually, you know, I mean, how many people die? How many people who are innocent die just because of the way the sky cells are constructed or set up? Right. Yeah. 
Exactly. I, to me, it makes you, it makes me think they don't put somebody in the sky cell unless they really want them, you know, right to possibly take that leap or that you know make that mistake. Um, people they might want to silence, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and who they don't want to give a fair trial to, like Tyrion. Right. So absolutely. Uh, um, so yeah. Anyway, so Tyrion gets Mord uh, to take a. A message, right? And the message is that he wants to confess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now, uh, neat little bit here about writing, you know, and how so illiterate uh, people, right. you yep. know, in, in might might be more receptive or see this as a guarantee if he puts it to to uh, to paper. So he gets a uh, pen and paper and is and he writes down, you know, and hands to Mord uh, a promise, uh, a note of promise that he will pay him, you know. Uh, in gold, and he just says much gold. It doesn't really specify how much, but uh, you know. Um, so there's that. Um, thought that was kind of interesting. Let's mm-hmm. see. So yeah, he he actually then is uh, he goes to sleep while the the message is taken away, and he's he is awoken uh, by one of uh, Lysa's guardsmen, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, she's she's requested him. It's late. It's actually kind of like uh, late. Mm-hmm evening you know and so she wants him to to come and confess um and she's got her whole retainer there she's got mm-hmm. all of her knights you know everyone is is there to hear this confession and that's what's what's awesome too is is the is the cleverness of of Tyrion and that um he, he he knows people's natures you know mm-hmm. he, he understands how they think and what they're what uh what they might do he's able to kind of predict that because he wanted all those people to be there he didn't want it to be just him and Lysa you know oh absolutely yeah uh, he, no he yeah he, yeah, he, he needs yeah, everyone he, to be there right yeah he's uh, i love it he says um he's like and now to roll the dice right he's thinking he's like um where to begin right with this confession he's like i'm a vile little man i confess it my crimes and sins are beyond counting my lords and ladies i have lain with whores not once but hundreds of times i have wished my own lord father dead and my sister our gracious queen as well uh, it's like yeah. behind him, some chuckle. Uh, I have not always treated my servants with kindness. I've gambled. I've cheated. I blush to admit. I have said many cruel and malice things about noble lords and ladies of the court. Um, uh, he get, he does he he gets a lot more in in the show. Uh, he says like all kinds right. like he gets a lot more ridiculous things. In. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it's just like you know. Then she's like, "What do you imagine you're doing, dwarf?" Liza says. Um, he says he's confessing his crimes. Um, he says you are accused of sending a hired knife to slay my son Bran in his bed and conspiring uh, to murder Lord John Aaron, the hand of the king. That's Catelyn. Um, those yeah. crimes I cannot confess. I fear I uh, know nothing of murders. Uh, then Lady Liza says, "I will not be made mock of. You had your little jape, and I hope you enjoyed it. Um, send him back, uh, Servardus. Take him back to the dungeon. This time, follow him a." smaller cell with a floor more sharply uh, sharply sloped is right. is this how justice is done in the veil um it says does honor stop at the bloody gate you accuse me of crimes i deny them so you throw me into an open cell to freeze and starve um, where is the king's justice and that's true you know yeah Tyrion Tyrion is still a high lord uh you know he still has rights um you know it would be a pretty and it'd be pretty dumb for liza aaron to kill him like i don't know what i don't know what her plan is here like you know you 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 are gonna go to war with the lannisters if you kill Tyrion. and you know and and robert is still alive right like right you know robert baratheon's not gonna take kindly to that either so like 
I don't know mm-hmm. where I don't know where that would put everyone, but um, so you know he says he's so in the show right she says like oh we can have a trial right and so Tyrion um they, they there's a little more back and forth there but here he just says fine I demand a trial or a trial by combat right right uh huh yes yeah yeah it wants a trial by combat um uh, well and as you said like you know you you talked about how they um you know was. He wasn't going to get the fair trial, you know, right. yeah, with, yeah, with Lysa yeah. appointing her son. Yeah, so he has to he has to have a trial by combat. So, yeah. Um, yeah. real quick before we go on, I I wanted to, I know because we're about to get into some really cool stuff, uh, Sir Matt. Did you notice that uh, some of the other sigils that yeah. were there? Yeah, the wing, the wing chalice. chalice. Yep. <laughs> okay, I didn't know if you. I, I wanted to bring it up because I thought oh, there he, you know, that's uh, Arlen of Penny Tree. That is his uh, sigil. So mm-hmm. the the winged chalice, and I just kind of thought it was interesting. Now they say in the veil that is House um, House Hersey of of uh, Newkeep, a okay. noble house. So that they also have a winged chalice, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. So he just notices that. So that's the one I think you notice. Uh, Arlen of Penny Tree. I don't know if they're related in some way. There's is a but the brown. Funny, but Gur but Gur wrote this before he wrote that. So it's just yeah, I know exactly. He must have harkened back to you know, exactly, exactly. So because they've got you know, um, him in the vid- he's in like the Riverlands. Penny Tree is mm-hmm. is from the Riverlands, but uh, but you know the Wing Chalice. So I just wonder if they're related in some way or right. uh, you know some type of connection between. Well, yeah, some 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 houses w- which are like similar, you know, or whatever, or offshoots or whatever have kind of similar sigils and yeah. things like that too. Yeah, so. Yeah, I just thought it was really cool, cool mm-hmm. little connection. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I I noticed that right right away. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, Tyrion um, gets his his trial right. Um, you know, he's he's going to demand a trial by combat. Um, yeah. Well, and and Lysa first is the one who starts naming, you know, um, uh, what's the word they use? Uh, you know, her champion. Right, champion starts yeah. naming a champion. You know, and. You know, people are, are vying for it, and and she's she eventually, I forget it was who she names. He's right here. I'm just gonna find it. Um, uh, Vardis. It's it's yeah, Servardus, Servardus Egan, um, and he doesn't want to do it. You know, he realizes this is just not a very worthy thing to do. You know, well, you know, um, I don't know if he th- he he says that right in the show. It's interesting because. She she looks at him. He's like, Servardus, you're awfully silent." And he steps out, but he looks like he just doesn't want a part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and yeah. so I'm wondering, and I don't know if we'll ever get this right in the books or any or anything. But it just it struck me as interesting in the show. Is he not doing it because he's like, um, you know, well, if I kill Tyrion Lannister, like, am I gonna have to fight Jaime Lannister? Like that's pretty yeah, but, dumb. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, that, yeah, that 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 could be. And 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 that as she's naming champions, you know, uh, it's actually you know when he says this is just not you know it's just shameful to slaughter such mm-hmm. a man and call it justice. And Tyrion says, "I agree." That's when he names his own champion, and that's I scares the daylights out of right. You know, at, you know everyone else. And perhaps you're right. Maybe he did um, think that that was you know going to be. A consequence of of right. slaying this defenseless 
dwarf. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, really, it's and also he seems like a man who's who is who does have some honor. It said that he was the the, the captain of the guard uh, right. in King's Landing for John Aaron. So mm-hmm. this crazy wife of his, Lysa, he you know he's still doing his his duty, but I think at times he's just he's I. To me, you know, he's very stern. He has no humor, as, as according to, to Tyrion. But I take it as he just doesn't. This is not uh, honorable. This is not an honorable mm-hmm. thing. There's no justice to be found here, you mm-hmm. know, in this. So, yeah. too bad. Um, yeah, but, and you then, know, Tyrion sees an opportunity here. Yeah, Tyrion sees an opportunity. Um, she says, your precious Kingslayer is hundreds of leagues from here. Um, send a bird for him. I can wait. She says, you will face Servardus on the morrow. And... Um, and then basically, yeah, and then basically, all stand for the dwarf. Bronn calls out. Right, yeah, he makes her feel terrible, doesn't he? He makes her, you know, kind of, well, not terrible, but just he kind of calls her out, like, you know, you you have your champion, but you denied me. He tells the singer, "Let everybody know that Lysa mm-hmm. Aaron denied me the the right to a champion." Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and that's when Bronn, you know, stands up. And, and, and beforehand he had looked at Braun, he had stared at him long mm-hmm. for a long time he made eye contact with him and really connected right well, and, and he notices him when he walks in too like he 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 sees right. he sees who's in attendance right much yeah. like uh lord eddard stark notices yeah, t- sir barrett yeah. and darian or when Taking catelyn stark account. walks in and she notices you know certain people in in the in at the crossroads so I think that's one of the coolest things is when you go into a room and you take account mm-hmm. and you start to kind of like compare and rank up these different folk and see who is from where and who is some of the better, you know, uh, challengers, swordsmen, all that kind of stuff. It's just really neat to me. I think one of the coolest things Gur does uh, when a character enters a room and, and assesses the situation, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, so so Braun is, is his man, you know, and he's been building this relationship with Braun for a long time. You know, that's something Catelyn mm-hmm. had foreseen. Actually, she didn't like right. it. You know, yeah, because because he they're they're like chuckling together, right? When right, right, yeah. He's he's playing to that sense of humor, and Bronn actually kind of kind of finds something in it that he likes, and he's a sellsword. And this uh-huh. is the this is Tyrion is one of the richest men in the Westeros. Even though it's his family's money, it's still he is rich beyond you know count. Uh, so you know, it's like well, this guy, you know, I, I could probably take. You know, also he sees the champ. He gets a chance to see who it is he's facing. Um, and Servardus is not a slouch, but still, Braun is confident, mm-hmm. isn't he? Very confident in his skill. Just right. I think too, uh, maybe he's fought a lot of different knights, and he understands. You know, just uh, we'll get into that later. But right. I mean, just, yeah. just uh, different techniques. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, in the show, this is all one scene, right? So I mean, we can go ahead and talk a little yep. bit about it. That's fine. I think. Um, cause in, in yeah. and, uh, same thing, it happens pretty much the same way in the book, but, uh, you know, Braun realizes I'm not wearing big, thick, heavy armor. So, no. right. So, yep. So, so just, yeah. just kind of neat, you know, both, uh, just the wit and, um, uh, the subtlety there, the things you wouldn't expect. And <clears throat> this is also, even if you're, you're just reading game of Thrones and you haven't heard any of the rest of the series, this is a cool moment, you know, where you're learning, wow, they can do trials by combat. You know what I mean? Like that's something you can do. Uh-huh. Uh, when you think about just the development of the book series, um, that would have been cool to me when I, when I, you know, actually when I first, you know, read it, that was cool because I, I tried to, um, read on ahead after I'd watched the opening episode, you know, to Game mm-hmm. of Thrones. So yeah, anyways, really cool stuff. So cool. All right. All right. Well, uh, we can go ahead on over to send a rave and I have one, uh, this one's kind of less of a Game of Thrones story and kind of a follow up to, um, 
something I guess we, we talked about a little bit. Um, so, uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago, Sir Ezra, I must have said something about um, snakes and how I don't like them. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, uh-huh. I can't remember what what the con- what the context was, but um, anyway, a uh, lady uh, Sydney uh, hit hit me up on Instagram and uh, sent me this. She said, uh, "Hey, sir Matt, so I was listening to a Follow Up Friday episode, and you were talking about how you could never live in Florida because of alligators and snakes, which is a hundred percent accurate." So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just thought I'd share this uh, short story with you. She says her grandparents live in Tampa, and right outside their backyard, there was a, there is a little pond. Um, one morning, her grandmother was sitting in her sunroom and heard this noise outside her door. Sure enough, it was an alligator literally feet away from her, uh, and she was ter- you know, terrified. So she had to call animal control to come and uh, to come and get it, and she said it happens all the time, but no, thank you. Yeah, well, I'm the same way. So Yeah, out um, on that. So then she said, uh, P.S., I was in Chicago a few weeks ago, and in their aquarium has a 14-foot-long anaconda. Uh, which is pretty cool, but also terrifying. What? Yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> in Chicago? Yeah. Where well, that thing got that's, out? That, no, that's in a, well, that's what happens in Harry Potter, man. That freaking snake gets out. I know. Uh, she said uh, her yeah. boyfriend's dad is also in the Navy, and he recently spent some time deployed in Africa. They had black mambas come into their tents during the day. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Uh, she says she's uh, she also dislikes spiders. Well, you know, I don't trust spiders. I'll say that. Yeah, I would. I would honestly rather... Tango right. with a tarantula than I would any oh, snake. Oh God! Any snake. Yeah. So I thought I would share um, an interesting story I had with a snake once. I I, I know you know the, about this, Sir Ezra, but uh, yeah. you remember our uh, do I? Yeah. Are you uh, Tim? You remember Tim when uh, yeah at the ha- when I was living in Portland before. So yeah. yeah. All right. I thought I thought I would share a uh, funny story here. So yeah, I used uh, when I lived in Portland before, living like this big house, you know, a bunch of people, so we could you know keep rent relatively low. And um, my buddy Tim uh, had a snake and he was like he went on vacation, I think, to see his sister in California. And he was like, hey, can you feed my snake while I'm gone? (laughs) (laughs) And so I like I just don't like snakes at all. I really don't like I mean, I love like dogs and cats and stuff like I love dogs and cats. But like yeah, even yeah. like even like big horses kind of freak me out. Like any animal that's large enough to <laughs> kill me, I'm just like Ugh. like draft horses. I'm like what what the f- is that thing? Right? It's like an <laughs> elephant or something. Okay, like, right? Yeah, they're huge. Like they're huge. Yeah, dress, the draft horses especially. But anyway, so um so I'm like oh my god. Okay, he was like gone for like two weeks or something. So I was like okay, so. I he has like a bag in the freezer, right? That says like for his snake or whatever. And so he has like a cage, right? And it's like on like the floor. Um yep. and so I go, you know, go into his room, I've got this bag, and I'm assuming, you know, there's like a freaking mouse or something in it. Which also like the idea of like a dead mouse, I'm like, I'm out, right? Yeah. <laughs> like <yeah>. this frozen <laughs> dead mouse. So his snake is in like it's in like a pretty tiny cage, right? Um, you know, it's Ooh. just like a little aquarium cage and it's got a light, you know, like a heat lamp in it. And so I uh, have to, I like open the top and I have to like move the light. Right. And so I, you know, I don't want it like burning something. So I like set it and it's like, there's like this little stool there or whatever. And so I like set it. So it's like facing up. So it's not going to like burn the carpet. Right. Or anything, you know, if you, cause it's super yeah. hot. And so I am um, trying to do this really fast. Cause I don't want this freaking snake getting out or getting anywhere near me. And so yeah. <laughs> I, dump i just like open the bag and just like dump it in and like not trying to look and like 
a plastic bag with this mouse in it like drops in. I'm like, oh shit. Like, like, <laughs> because I'm like, I don't, yeah. I, can't, I don't want a snake like eating this freaking plastic bag, right? And dying. Yeah. yeah. So, is it right? Right. Yeah, I don't... And so, like, his snake is also like, it's like coiled up, right? There's like this rock and it's like, you know, like that he can like crawl under or whatever. It's got like a little hole in it. So it's like a little dome. Yeah. It's kind of like a dog house, you know, I guess type of yeah. thing for snake. snake house. Right. Yeah. yeah. Snake house. And so, a snake, you know, you, you feed a snake like once a month or something. So I don't know. So it's probably really freaking hungry. And uh, I have to like stick my hand in here and like no. pull this plastic bag out. So like the snake doesn't eat the plastic bag and die. So I stick my hand in, pull the bag out. And you and like this, like uh, the snake just like snaps all the way across from like under the rock, like no. out. Dude. Oh, my God. It was. It was like terrifying. <laughs> and then like the cage door is still freaking open. So I like like I like, you know, like step back, like, oh crap, like knock the lamp over and like it's like, you know, like actually burns. <laughs> I like dude, it's so ridiculous. It like burns a little hole into the carpet because like it like lands on the carpet. So like I almost start a freaking fire. Uh and um so then anyway, so like Luckily, I was able to shut the thing, put the uh, lamp back on the cage. And so I was just like, I'm just coming back in like hours, right? Like, wow. I'm just like, yep, nope, not doing this. Uh, so wow. so I just like came back in like a couple of hours and like opened, like uh, dropped it in there. Didn't even look. And same thing. I just heard this like snap all the way across because the snake just like uncoiled, like, you know, bam, like, oh. God, <laughs> like, that's terrible. Yeah. Wait, so did I eat the bag or did you get the bag out? No, I get the bag out. So I, I reached and pulled the bag, the plastic bag, which the mouse was in. Um, it was like yeah. it was like a Ziploc. Right. And so I just like <laughs> you just dropped. Jesus. Well, it was so it was in this paper bag. Right. And so I just assume <laughs> that the mouse is in is in there. Right. And so it's just yeah, yeah, I just yeah, drop yeah, it out. Yeah. I didn't realize it was also in a plastic bag inside of right. there. I guess freezer burn or whatever. Jesus, I don't know. It was, it was terrifying. Uh, and I never want to do anything with snakes ever again. So, <laughs> but. wow, dude, was it poisonous or you know what type? Of oh no, I don't or? think you can. Well, I don't know if you can own poisonous snakes. I mean, it's like it had it actually bit me or something. I don't think I, I would have had to go to the hospital or anything. You know, it's like a it's a pet snake. I mean, it's not. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't trust it, though. But, yeah, so I you almost found it out in the wild. I almost caught the know? house on fire. Like, you know, I almost got bit by a snake. It's, like, emotionally scarred for the rest of my life. So, yeah. Wow, dude. I'm just thinking of your I'm just thinking of your <laughs> new sigil. You know, I'm thinking right. of ways we can incorporate this story no, into a sigil. I'm uh, good. I don't, need a, I don't need a snake sigil ever. So. Oh, man. That's funny. Hey, but DJ, <laughs> I know some people like pet snakes and stuff like that, and that's... That's cool. That's not me. Nope. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. Wow. So that that is my that is my steak uh, story. I thought I would I would share because uh, yeah. Lady Sydney had brought it up. So awesome. All right. Well, um, I have just a quick little challenge uh, based on this week's reading. I thought you know maybe Lord uh, Hunter could help me with this. Um, I would like in the group for someone to uh, to start a um, a thread uh, titled. Uh, confess your crimes, you know? I just mm -hmm. thought we might as well get it out there and be open and honest with with each other and, and just confess, you know? So I'm sure Lord Hunter can start us off. So mm -hmm. maybe we'll yeah. get in there and confess ours, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. that's Matt already kind of confessed. Uh, and by crime, I mean 
please don't go in there and confess to some, you know, cold case situation. <laughs> yeah, Sir Ezra, yeah, you know, Sir Ezra is a mandatory reporter, so you got to Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got to report stuff. Uh, it's funny. Yeah. But so. no, I just thought it went along with this chapter. So, um all right. Well, yeah, send those ravens uh to btkcast at uh, gmail.com and uh we are gearing up for uh Raven's Nest and uh, looking forward to having some good time there. Mm-hmm. Fire, uh, shout fire, out to Fire and Blood. We have the uh, Patreon Black yep. Council. Episode. I don't know. It's like six or something at this point, but it will be The Sworn Sword, which is part two, the second book in the Duncan Egg series. That is coming soon. We're working on it right now. So, Right. Exactly. Yeah. So so definitely uh, a lot coming, and uh, and we're excited. Um, in our, our bannerman, we've got um, just quick shout out, Lady Amanda, uh, Lord Hunter, and... Um, you know, uh, Lord uh, uh, Jason Ross, you mm-hmm. know, so we've got some folks in there who are going to hopefully be able to participate in our Raven's Nest. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, they looking can, forward uh, to that. Yeah, and you can uh, you can comment live, you can listen live, and you can um, chat with us. You can actually jump into the audio um, in that Bannerman tier, um, and yep. also the Sworn Sword tier where you can comment live. And But uh, uh, the Night's Watch tier, everyone, everyone in there can listen live. So, yeah, yep should be should be some fun so uh all right i think that is that is it so if mm-hmm. you want to check out those tiers those are at uh, patreon.com forward slash uh bend the knee yeah and and uh, and, uh, and, one, yeah, and, one, and yeah one last thing we want to uh remember i uh, said at the beginning of the show trivia for next uh next week is a little different um i already posted a thing in the facebook group just go ahead jump right into that facebook group leave a comment doesn't matter if you're first or last we're just going to draw a name of the hat and you will win a copy of fire and blood so uh yeah. stay tuned for all of that so all right guys we want yeah. to thank you for playing the game of thrones our next episode we will be discussing chapter 39 eddard 10 wow dude you took my part i mean i was gonna oh say that yep, part, yeah yeah we were switching yeah <laughs> i'll just get i'll just get uh, if, if you like our podcast don't forget to subscribe like us write a review leave a comment or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com we will see you in a week and remember that winter is coming